Welcome to the SJ Child Show, where a little bit of knowledge can turn fear into understanding. Enjoy the show. Hi, and thank you so much for being here today on the SJ Child Show. I have uh, a new guest today that my first time meeting him, which is so exciting. I love the authenticity of being able to meet someone new, hear their story, share it. Uh, Like we had just mentioned, there's so much that you can gain from other people's perspectives and being able to maybe uh, gain some lessons for your own life. So thank you so much for being here today, Clay. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Let's just start uh, at the beginning and uh, introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about you. Sure. Well, my name is Clay Boatwright. I was born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. It's where I went to college, University of Memphis, got undergrad and grad degrees there. And I uh, met my wife when I had just graduated. She was still a senior at what was called Memphis State back then. Uh, Married, moved to St. Louis, moved to Texas, and along the way, uh, my wife, uh, earlier in our marriage, had a, a Hodgkin's disease, which is a form of lymph mm-hmm. cancer. Got through that well. Uh, doctor suggested we wait a few years to have kids, so we did. Had a firstborn, uh, Blair, a traditional child, apple of our eye. A few years later, we had our twins, Paige and Mia. And uh, having twins in and of itself is a bit of a challenge. <laughs> and then a few years or a couple years after they were born, we found out that they have uh, pretty severe intellectual disabilities and autism. And that launched us on a, on a unique path we were not planning on. Uh, we're a faith-based family, so uh, there were a couple of, I call them God moments that happened along the way that kind of charted or changed the, the course of my life, charted a new path. Mm-hmm. So I got heavily involved in disability advocacy. I did a lot of advocacy work here in Texas and some at the, the national level. I was appointed by President Obama to a National Advisory Committee in Washington for yeah. a couple of years. Then um, as soon as I then came back to, to Texas, my advocacy here, I was heavily involved with that, got all the kids out of the house, oldest went to college, the twins got them set up in a wonderful home uh, near us, and six months after everybody was out of the house, my wife, Carol, was diagnosed with uh, ovarian cancer. So I went through 18 months of that, which ultimately didn't didn't, uh, come, didn't end the way we wanted it to. She passed away. And... uh, so, and then a couple of more God faith-based moments happened, and I launched what I call Clay 2.0. Mm-hmm. Basically, says that uh, the first, the 1.0 version, the first life was was interesting, fascinating. Uh, had moments and challenges, like I just described, but that the 2.0, which would be the future, uh, had to was out there to be seized. So, uh, I have a, hopefully you can tell I have a, a positive, upbeat approach to life. All my friends told me that hey, you need to write a book, so I did. And that uh, actually came out, uh, was released last week. Called, oh, congratulations. Thank you. So it's called uh, God's Plan, Our Circus. Oh, so for right? years, I referred to our family as the Boatwright Circus. So God's Plan, mm-hmm. Our Circus. And as the name implies, um, God has a plan for all of our lives. And uh, it's not necessarily the one we signed up for. And it can be a little crazy at times, but that doesn't mean it's not the right plan. And uh, that's, that's the core of what I try to get to. I I think that that's really great and fascinating. And I love this um, topic because I um, have a a different journey. And so it's always nice to be able to give my listeners maybe what they have in their lives and what they need in their lives, um, as opposed to I have a family of all autistics as well, including myself. 
And my husband's son and daughter are extreme literal thinkers. And for them, that faith idea is almost impossible for them to understand. So I think that it's great to hear kind of maybe how you were able to teach your, you know, children the faith-based faith based God ideas and so and how they embraced it. Um I think it's so incredible that we can come together and share all of these journeys with one another. When your girls were little, you said they were, you know, in two or three, maybe when they were diagnosed. What types, I mean, and probably since they're already adults, it, it, what types of services and kind of um, ideas from society did you find at the time? Well, um, in the autism world, and, and tell me if, if you agree with this, and we, when we talk about autism spectrum disorders, the operative word is spectrum. Yeah, <laughs> and where where we land on the spectrum uh, can vary significantly. So um, my my daughters would be, and, and some people don't like the, the word severe. I personally don't have a, a problem with it because I think it, it provides a, a description. Yeah. Um, so they would be on the more severe end. So uh, going back to their diagnosis and how we found out, um, they were very uh, slow to develop relative to say their big sister or their yeah. peers age group. And um, when we got to their 24-month well baby visit, we were at the doctor. Um, I was holding one twin and my wife Carol was holding the other. And we went through that 24-month well baby uh, checklist, the developmental milestone checklist. And it's like 25 questions. So using simple words, can uh, walk, well, can walk a certain distance, climb stairs, uses words, etc. And Carol went down the list for Mia, who she was holding. I was holding Paige, and we got to the bottom and realized that, that neither one of us had checked anything off the list. Oh. And we're like, oh, well, that's a thing. And uh, everyone had told us that twins tend to develop at a slower rate than uh, singletons. Okay. Um, well, our doctor saw the, the situation, and he said, well, something's going on here. And he sent us over to Easter Seals. Hmm. And... As I described in the book, my thought was Easter seals. I, I thought that was for you know, children in wheelchairs. I didn't yeah. realize that there was a cognitive uh, component to their services. So we went over there, and uh, Paige and Mia were assessed, and they uh, they came back as having a. They were reluctant to give a diagnosis because they were only two years old, um, but they said the the indications were autism and intellectual disabilities, mm-hmm. and so then that kind of launched us on a new path. Again, if if you look at if you look at how people develop. You know, you develop kind of a certain rate and then, or this way up, and then you have people maybe developing slower. Well, what happens over time is the gap grows. So when you're two years old, there's a gap, but it's not until they start aging that that gap starts to expand. So relative to where they are now, so Paige and Mia are 22 years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have never spoken. Uh, They need assistance with what's called all activities of daily living, ADL. So all uh, activities of daily living. So that includes everything bathroom related. Um, They need help getting dressed and getting undressed. Uh, They can feed themselves, which is a good Mm -hmm. thing. And they've learned the skills to take their plate up to the sink when they're done and things of that level. Um, But so that's more in the range of of where they are. Oh, that's amazing. Um, You know, and our family, like you said, everybody's at their own unique special different part of, of the spectrum. And 
our son, uh, not not nonverbal, but not completely verbal, right? Semi-verbal, <laughs> which you can only say to, I feel like another special needs parent, then they will understand what that means. Um, he was diagnosed at 16 months. So the same very early and very um, severely seen. It was easy to assess that he had challenges going mm-hmm. on and Today he's um, academically further ahead. He has he uses ninety nine percent of his working memory and has a photographic memory. So he he memorizes languages and math and all of the, these amazing things. But we're still working on brushing our teeth each day or putting shoes on or not putting shirts on backwards. You know, and he's thirteen, so mm. completely. Um, it's it's so interesting and and good for everyone to hear like there are such different aspects that come with each child and their what their support needs are you know our daughter is is younger than him but it's his big little sister she's also um autistic but is at the time was diagnosed with Asperger's so um okay. yeah. yeah so and as my husband and myself and so we can kind of um, look back now, he and I, and say, okay, these things worked for us. These things didn't, even though we had no idea when we were younger, but it's still so neat to be able to uh, give our kids a different journey, uh, a different path, you know, different uh, choices than than what we had. Sure. No, absolutely. My my oldest daughter has said most of her life that she believes that we're all on the spectrum somewhere. It's just <laughs> a matter of where that plane has landed and does it necessarily have a diagnosis attached to it or not. Yeah. Uh, no, when I meet the uh, parents and through my, my years of working in advocacy, I got to learn the disability support system extremely well. Um, so a lot of people would be referred to me or I'd try to help them out in different ways. And you know, parents would say, well, my child has autism. I'm like, okay. Um, how does it manifest itself? Because that's always because telling me someone has autism or an intellectual disability or whatever the case may be, that alone tells me nothing. So yep. <laughs> I ask, okay, tell me how it manifests itself. As you, so there's a difference between someone who needs help with everything bathroom related uh, versus someone who needs help putting their shirts on the right direction. Yeah, um, there's no good or bad, but mm-hmm. it's, it's two different points, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where it becomes meaningful. Uh, there's a, a a line I've used in the book that I've, I've said for many years is that one of the greatest things that we uh, do to uh, people with a disability of any type, or really any of us, is to view them as one homogenous group. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, we're all unique and we are all different, and it's so easy to label someone a certain way, and then individual people's uh, just assumptions on something. Oh, well, you've, you have autism. Oh, well, then I'm going to assume X, Y, Z. I can guarantee you you're wrong. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> so that what was the, the saying? Um, every time, every time you meet someone who one person who has autism, you've met one person who has autism. Exactly. Nothing common about it. Yeah. Oh, isn't that the truth? You, you know, what type of um, adult services now that they are adults? I mean, has that been a little bit easier as far as like once you got into advocacy and were able to go through those adult transition periods? Did you find your process of getting resources a little bit easier? 
Uh, no, in fact, exactly. <laughs> I and, think uh, that's great to actually talk about. Right. So um, one of the things, and I, and I think it may be uh, more heightened in the autism world, uh, obviously focus on education is huge. Uh, and there's been lots of progress in terms of services that are provided in the school environment uh, to help people with not just autism, but other disabilities as well. Um, and there's still a lot of room for improvement, certainly. And every parent who's sat in a, in Texas, we call them ARD meetings, uh, admission review and dismissal, but in an I, uh, IDEP or IDP meeting. And um, yeah, they can be excruciating and there's always rooms for improvement. The one upside that we learned, particularly as our children transitioned out, is that due to all the, the laws and regulations and have been put in place over the years, the school system provides a structure. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a very safe, it's a, a safe environment. That's a safe structure for our kids to be involved in every day, and as well as to grow and learn and raise descendants. When you exit that system, the uh, you may have heard the phrase parents say, you know, what do I do when the school bus doesn't show up anymore? Okay. And in Texas, it's a kind of a scary place because there's not that many services for mm-hmm people with autism, uh, particularly who are perhaps on the, the more extreme side, or th- those those who are more dependent on others, maybe a better way to phrase it. So people who are more dependent on others, there's not that many services. Yeah. And uh, you know, we have waiting lists that have 100,000 people on them, and it can be over a decade in order to get services, which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's where the challenges come in. And then once you get off the waiting list and you qualify for services, finding a provider who has a, has the quality that you're willing to have your child engage with, that's a whole new host of challenges. Mm. And, and again, based, based on my experience, it's been tougher when you have, same with my twins, who need more assistance, because quite simply, it's expensive. You know, the, yeah. the, the more assistance someone needs, the more expensive it's going to be to pay for it. Um, and if you want the state to be engaged, more expensive for the state to pay for it. Um, and it's just hard to provide, uh, find providers who are willing to do that. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a whole insurance and all of that is a whole nother conversation, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's a two-day conference right there. Um, yeah, there, there is, uh, the, the services are growing. It's expanding. We're, we're getting better, but there's so much work to be done. I agree. Mm-hmm. There's so much work to be done. Tell us about your advocacy on the national level, when that changed for you and what that looked like. Sure. So I had been uh, pretty involved in, uh, as I mentioned, the state level advocacy where I was working with Health and Human Services in Austin, um, which is our state capital, and getting to know uh, a lot of the administrators there and also working with our state legislators and so on. Um, in parallel to that, uh, I had, I guess it would have been 2006, I guess, um, 2006, 2007. I uh, was watching TV one night, the Jay, watching Jay Leno on The Tonight Show. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I was halfway watching, halfway not. And all of a sudden, he had a, he had a senator from uh, Illinois on there, and some guy named Barack Obama. And, uh, and I uh, looked at him and I went, I was, heard, he, he, what caught my attention was he had been at uh, Saddleback Church. Uh, so Rick Warren is the uh, gentleman who wrote A Purpose Driven Life, which is actually the largest selling, second largest selling book behind the Bible. Uh, and I'm a fan of the book and Rick Warren's. And so 
Barack Obama, Senator Obama had been at his at Warren's church the day before and had a lot of press around it. So I'm like, hmm, interesting. So then started kind of following him. And once his campaign started and he had on his website an entire page devoted to uh, kind of disability services and changes and, and platforms, I should say services, uh, platform issues related to the disability community. And uh, his uh, competitor in the general uh, election uh, was John McCain, who was a great guy, good good guy. But I d- looked on his website and did some research and didn't see anything addressing that. So I'm like, hmm, okay. So kind of placed my bet and, and I got involved with the uh, the Obama campaign and wound up becoming, becoming their uh, in-state representative uh, for outreach to the disability community. Mm-hmm. Uh, from then, once he, he went elected or was elected, uh, was invited to the inauguration, which was c- kind of nice. And a couple of years later, went to the 20th anniversary of the uh, signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Oh, wow. It was end of July. We're on the south lawn of the White House, you know, sweating like you know, bunch of skunks. Man, it was it was it was rough, but it was kind of nice to be invited. And uh, a couple of evenings later, I was at a event and uh in washington and ran into a gentleman with the uh, with the administration we spoke for a little while and a couple about a month later i got a phone call from a lawyer at the white house yeah i get this phone call and it says uh, hello mr boat right my name is jones i'm a attorney with the white house my first thought was oh crap what did i do yeah you know? <laughs> it's like they're gonna take me away um and he said that my name had been submitted to uh, participate or uh, for possible uh, joining the President's Committee for People with Intellectual Disabilities. So wow. And he asked if I would be interested. And I said, uh, sure. Meanwhile, I'm thinking, I have never heard of this committee, but, you know, when you get a call to ask, no didn't seem like the right answer. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, so I got appointed to that. And I had the opportunity to work with a lot of um other advocates who had been involved in the system for a long time. Uh, we met at the Health and Human Services Building in Washington. Uh, the, the job of that committee is to advise the president and the secretary of Health and Human Services on issues related to people who have IDD, uh, which also encompasses autism and a host yeah. of other And um, the only requirement that they have to do is issue a report every year. So the report that we issued the first year had to do with the status of Medicaid services. So mm. uh, employment assistance, housing assistance, education, and so on. And um, we described the current status, had recommendations, and then we had a, a case study from a person or a family who was affected by each one of those five areas we described. And as it turned out, uh, I volunteered and and my story for the the services the in so in home assistance services uh was the first time a sitting member of that committee had ever had his story included in the report to the president oh, wow so um and it was very candid you know what, what i included and, and in the book i describe it as many families uh, protect their privacy and like gold you know they don't they don't want people to know the the, the tough things you know the, the the bad things my family's challenges on the other hand were authored and bound in a report to the president of the United States and archived in American history. So, was, um, <laughs> right? Well, when I learned uh, when I got involved in advocacy early on, I realized the only way I could be effective at it was to be transparent. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, there have been so many times where, through transparency, I would share something that perhaps someone else may not. 
but it it it, it frees them up to. I mean, people will come up and say, Clay, I'm so glad you addressed X because that's real. And, you know, I've had that same situation, but I've been reluctant to say anything about it. So there's a camaraderie that gets built um, yeah. when we're transparent. And we talk about sharing our story. That's pe- People love to hear each other's stories and then draw parallels to their own. Mm-hmm. And there was no way I could help people if I kept my story locked up in a box. <laughs> um, and at the end of the day, uh, ego and pride really don't mean anything you know what, what i'm what i'm proud of is i have three daughters to all of whom were created unique by god um two of them are a little bit more unique than the rest of us mm-hmm. and that's exactly how i look at it and to the extent they and other people who need more help that's kind of what that's okay you know and yeah. and god created all of us with the ability to help each other and some of us need a little bit more help than others and that's okay then the only way we can do that is to talk about it Absolutely. Talk about it. Educate everyone. Bring communities together. I love building communities. I, You don't even realize how many people or families you're touching by just sharing your stories on podcasts in your neighborhood groups at PTA meetings, you know, doing what you're doing through legislation, legislation and um, things like that, which is kind of uh, goals for me in the future, which I'd love to, to seek out more in my community, how I can get more involved in, um, in doing those things. But what's next up for you? What do you have coming up next? The book just came out. Um, any other projects coming up? So, so getting the book out here, forgive the shameless promotion. So, uh, love it. Um, so yeah, Art Circus. A Family Odyssey Through Autism, Death, and Reinvention, uh, is getting that out and developing a marketing plan around it, um, getting the story out there. Yeah. I've already started getting seeds of ideas for the uh, the sequel. I'm not quite sure how that, how that will uh, transpire, but um, from a professional standpoint, I, uh, I've used this phrase for many years and I included it in the book. Uh, I'm blessed to know thousands of people. Okay. Um, 99% of them have absolutely no idea what I do or what I did for a living, but everybody knew what I did for free. Mm-hmm. And it was the advocacy work. And that's what we're talking about. And that's what the, in my family, that's what uh, the book is, is about. Yeah. Um, from a professional standpoint, I, I call it how I paid my bills. Um, <laughs> unlike, most, unlike many people, uh, particularly most men who get their identity from what they do for a living, I've always viewed that as what, how I paid my bills. And nothing more, nothing less. So I uh, was in the food industry, the grocery industry for 35 years hmm. uh, and uh, worked with different retailers on what products to carry and how do you price them and where do you put them on the shelf and really boring things like that. <laughs> and um, then I uh, uh, was able to retire earlier this year. And so I, I now I'm able to put my uh, my full time into things that are, are much more meaningful and yeah. have have. Having this podcast at you know, 12 noon on a Monday, you yeah, know, right? is a nice thing to be able to do. Agreed. I agree. And now book signings, you know, hopefully you're seeking start, start, out and doing that. Great. Well, I'm, still, I'm still, um, again, this is my first book. I, I worked with a, a publisher who uh, is kind of a cross between a full service publisher as well as a, a do-it-yourself self-published. Um, so I'm still learning the nuances of how Amazon works. You know, yes. it is available. It is available on Amazon. <laughs> it is available through a Barnes and Noble online. But um, it's uh, just learning the intricacies there has have been uh, fascinating. Isn't that the truth? Do you have a website as well? 
Yes, that is actually in the process of uh, being developed. So uh, clayboatright.com, C-L-A-Y-B-O-A-T-R-I-G-H-T.com. Um, right now, that will direct you to my LinkedIn page. But the marketing company I'm working with, we hope to have a fresh author website at that address um, coming up in the next week or two. Um, also, uh, the uh, godsplanrcircus.com will be uh, fully developed in the in the near future as well. Oh, wonderful. And I'll make sure to have all of that information. And this will probably be about two months, probably until it'll be released. Um, I could work on it a little sooner since it's just a brand new book. I want you to, I want to try to help get that out for you. So um, yeah, but then we can get, you know, make sure it's all up and running and get all the good info in there. It was such an honor to meet you, to be able to speak with you today. And like you said, spend time doing what we love on a Monday morning. Exactly. Well, no, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. And I hope that we can stay in touch and find out, you know, what's the, when the sequel comes out, what's, what's up and coming. I would, I would enjoy that. Yes. That's yeah, absolutely thank that. You. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for your time. And we'll talk to you soon. That's great. Take care. Thank you.